0: Uh, BZ North Alabama has fans here. Check out the stadium here at Braley Municipal Stadium.
1: It's crazy. They got more fans than Miami does.
0: That is actually accurate. That's actually <laughs> accurate. So, <laughs> have you, you know, seen their... North Alabama. a sold out stadium Miami would never <laughs> have you
1: seen Miami's new promotion buy one get two free this weekend? It's incredible.
0: <laughs> that's, that's better that's, than fucking Dollar that's, Tree.
1: That's not even that's not even a joke. They're actually doing that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Damn double BOGO. BOGO on BOGO.
1: <laughs> I think it's just for Coral Gable uh, residents, but still.
2: <laughs> hey guys, it's Terrence Mann. You're listening to Hear the Spear, presented by No Game Day. Go Nose. Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward,
0: a.k.a. P-Dub in the house. So we're listening to Hear the Spear, presented by No Game Day. Go live. Go Nose.
2: Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear. Go
0: this is Terrell Buckley, you're listening to Hear the Spear, presented by No Game Day. No bloody.
2: But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Dion Primetime Sanders. The great, Dion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, man? I, I could wake up to that greeting every day,
1: man. That was awesome. Hello, Nose fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day.
2: James Wilder, Jr., What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on. F-S-O-D, Florida State or die, and go no. William Barnum Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up?
0: What's happening, guys? This is Logan Robinson from Here the Spirit, presented to you by nolgamy.com. We are here on live. Wonderful, fantastic. Wednesday evening at 6 o'clock, a little bit earlier than usual. Uh, this is North Alabama week, though. We are it over the me. Miami week, so it, it, it's, it's, yeah. Things are a little bit more relaxed, nothing too crazy going on. This is kind of like a little mini baby bye for uh, Florida State, even though Mike Norvell would not agree with that one bit whatsoever after hearing his press conference on Monday. But we're still here. we still got a game to preview this evening with Florida State facing North Alabama to finish off their home season stretch for the 2023 season. We're going to talk some seniors there and give our appreciation to a few of those guys later in the show. We're going to talk... Last thoughts on Florida State versus Miami. We're also going to jump into some college football playoff rankings and maybe some potential matchups, which we'll see if Florida State's able to get it done in Charlotte and the ACC championship. Florida State lands a talented four-star defensive back. We've got our kickoff time of Florida State versus UF. We'll be discussing that as it will be a night kickoff. We're also going to talk some college football craziness. Firings are happening right now, and it so happens to be a former FSU head coach that was in on that and uh, no longer in College Station. So we'll give our thoughts on that. And then we got some basketball. And during the during the production meeting before we went live, VZ said he's practically full and and sold after just a couple of games on Little Hamilton and Florida State. said to hear his takes on that, but. With me this evening is Dustin Lewis, our editor-in-chief at nullgaming.com at the top. And then down below is our lead basketball writer at NG and also our official game preview guide for the 2023 football season. Gentlemen, how are we doing?
2: We're doing great. Still uh, enjoying that third straight victory over Miami. And like you said, a little bit of an easier opponent on the schedule, maybe for Florida State this weekend, but... Still a lot of things we want to see from the Seminoles going into senior day. Obviously, obviously, some guys are going to play their final game at Doe Campbell Stadium. And, you know, if Florida State does what they should do on Saturday, it should be a good opportunity to get some younger guys in the game and hopefully see, you know, from top to bottom, the town on this roster against uh, North Alabama.
1: I'm excited, man. Basketball's back. I'm fully bought in. Like Logan kind of hinted at, I'm drinking all the Garnet Kool-Aid currently. and And Friday's to me, the biggest game of the season, early matchup against Florida. It's a great test for how good a team is or isn't early on in the season. And I'm really, really looking forward to Friday night.
0: As always, you can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Google play Spotify. If you're on YouTube right now, hit the like button, jump into the comments. If you have any questions or topics, this is the week to jump in and ask them as it's a little bit more of a slower week. So jump in there, make sure you subscribe though, because we're releasing all kinds of videos of Player interviews also we have got Mike Norvell stuff going out on our YouTube as well. So make sure you're subscribed over there. I think we're nearing 10,000 subscribers on YouTube, which would be like a 5,000 subscriber climb just this season alone, which is absolutely nuts. So appreciate everybody coming out and hanging out with us uh, and also tuning into our instant reactions, which we do right after games, which we'll be doing this upcoming Saturday as well. Not going to miss those ever. So uh, let's jump into it, gentlemen. We're just going to give our last thoughts. Luckily, We got to all jump on at the same time for our instant reaction for Florida State versus Miami. Florida State winning 27-20. to Were you guys kind of shocked by the score? I know just leaving the stadium, a lot of FSU fans not too happy that Florida State didn't cover, didn't put the Hurricanes away maybe earlier than they had thought. You know, you had that fluke play there, something that the college football playoff committee actually uh, addressed that, you know, they still like Florida State at that four spot over Washington. But uh, overall, last thoughts on uh, Florida State beating the Hurricanes, 3-0. Shout out to Jordan Travis.
2: I really thought going back and looking at it, the score was probably closer than the game was. You know, like you said, that fluke play, I mean, Miami had 155 yards of offense in the second half. 85 of them came on that play. Without that, they average about – yards a play in the second half. So really those final two quarters, in my opinion, were a defensive masterclass by Florida State. You only saw Miami cross the 50-yard line twice. One of those was the 85-yard play. The other one was the onside kick at the very beginning of the second half. So Florida State's defense really stepped up there and stopped the Hurricanes on the ground after they had some success there in the first two quarters. And then on offense, you know, I thought if Florida State's able to convert on that drive where Ja'Kai Douglas had the long catch and they're down there in the red zone, if they're able to score on that drive, I mean, this one looks a lot more out of reach. And the and the onside kick as well. You know, Miami pretty much got gifted a scoring possession there. Florida State able to hold them to a field goal. But you're a couple plays from this one going to maybe a 21-point victory for Florida State.
1: And I know I don't think we talked about the onside kick and the SA reaction. I actually kind of liked the call. It was a perfect kick by Fitzgerald. Florida State just didn't make the play when it was there. At least the defense did a decent job of holding them to three. And then if Conrad Hussey's in the game instead of Kevin Knowles, in the end, Miami doesn't get that last touchdown. Knowles just took a horrible angle. I agree. The score didn't really indicate what this game was. A couple of fluky plays, and, and this is a much different ball game. And I'm glad the college football play, playoff committee saw that didn't change anything at the top of the top of the rankings
0: yeah Kevin Kevin Knowles has kind of had that up and down season overall, I and mean, when you have a up. youngster like Conrad hussey, hey now hey <laughs> where's the we're where's being, the up we're being nice up that. We're being nicer being nicer you you could be mean you be bad cop I'll be that's, good cop
1: that's, that's fine
0: that that way that way it can work, but uh yeah Conrad hussey, strong future his career at Florida State is going to be uh, really nice. Uh, he's just just showing the signs, and Mike Norvell talked about him during the press conference. Just a player that whenever he gets the opportunities to go out there, he learns from his mistakes. There's been a few flags that – he, he's been uh, he's been dealt with, and he learns from it. And you know that's something that overall these true freshmen coming in, getting playing time. I think uh, it just goes to show what Florida State's able to do in-house developing their own talent. Something that Florida State McNeel has wanted to do for a while now. And you know you and, and you bring in implement some of these transfers too that come in and start right away. But youngsters that come in and you're able to develop. Uh, just under just a couple months, man, and he's able to make that impact. Talking about Hussey, it's really nice to see. I'd still think, you know, for Kalen Deloach, just looking back at some of the film as well, he's someone that stood out during the game and watching afterward. Uh, Kalen, I want to see Kalen more uh, and and some blitz packages, and I think he is just better. Him and Akeem Dent, I really like in blitz packages. I think, you know, Florida State has utilized Kevin Knowles A few times in that but he's missed getting home at at the quarterback let's move let's learn from that and let's put akeem dent and let's put kalen deloach there and i i think you see a lot more get better results out of those two guys and and blitzing but kalen deloach phenomenal game
2: he deserves a ton of credit he was excellent and you know really that entire linebacker core i think we complimented them on the post-game reaction but I mean, Tatum Bethune was up there in tackles. Kalen DeLoach obviously led the team 10 tackles and two sacks. And then DJ Lundy had, I think, seven tackles and 28 snaps. So, I mean, for the most part, they were flying around getting after it. And like I said, Four States defense really stepped up there in the second half and figured out how to limit that Miami rushing attack. And that was really the key to the game.
1: DeLoach is going to have a chance at ACC Defensive Player of the Year. He's third or – Sorry, I think he's fifth in the league in sacks, and he's tied for seventh in tackles for loss. He's been outstanding really all year, and he's made the big plays when we needed. Uh, he's really living up to my preseason prediction of saying he'd be the defensive MVP for this team. And
2: Our it, preseason prediction.
1: Our. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but he's he's just been phenomenal. There, there's, there's nothing you can short him about that.
0: No, not not at all. And that's what you need. You need guys at veterans, someone that's been with the program for a while and have him step up. And the way that he's playing right now has been phenomenal. It's been really fun to watch him progress as a player throughout his collegiate career. Um, But yeah, and then too, looking at Trey Benson, the way that he was running, it felt that that was just that feeling you had from last year with Benson. Whenever he found his groove in that middle part uh, of the season in 2022, He, to me, ran in that style like he did last year. And if he continues at that kind of pace, physicality, not giving up on the play, finding that end zone, it's really, really hard to stop him when also you utilize him in a a different way where he can use his speed too at that size. Trey Benson is a different animal once he gets going. And in this game, maybe it's just something with Florida State running backs against Miami, but they just turn a different gear and I think that's something impressive to see and Florida State fans along with Jordan Travis kind of finding his groove here at the latter half of the season matching that with Trey Benson's running style is a really good combination for this offense which is going to need to put up some points here soon and if you're getting into some kind of battle for college football playoffs all that kind of stuff putting points up on the board is what Trey Benson
2: is going to be utilized for moving forward. It was different for sure. You know, coming to the season, we talked about what he did last year, setting the record for the PFF missed tackles per rushing attempt or whatever it was, and he just didn't have that early in the season. He wasn't running with that same style. I think you saw it for sure on Saturday against Miami, just physically coming downhill no matter who's there, trying to run through him. And, of course, he took some big hits during that game from – some of the Miami defenders but he, you know he just continued to go after it power through the entire night. I actually saw him out there on Sunday and we went back out there for some recruiting stuff and I was surprised. You know, he was walking around fine. I I, I was surprised he wasn't in the ice tub all day with just the physicality that he was running with in that game.
1: There's always something to be said when you're playing your former coach though, especially when Cristóbal goes from Oregon to Miami. Decides not to take Trey Benson with him. That's always going to be in the back of your head the next time. You, mm-hmm. Next few times you go up against him. And he was running angry pretty much all game.
0: And that's what he yeah, He did that same thing against ball last year, which was yeah. hilarious to see. And I love how they get a shot of Mario Cristobal after Trey Benson scored uh, one of those in, on last Saturday. So it, w- it was great. And two, Mike and Rebell, too, giving a lot of praise to the atmosphere in Doe Campbell Stadium. It was rocking. You know, we're up there. At the very top, or behind glass, and everything, but just getting down there for the last five minutes in the fourth quarter, it was loud. Our our guy Robert, who's been uh, writing for us, goes to Florida State. He's in, her, in his first year. Uh, he, you know, he was down there for the Duke game. I wasn't able to be down there, but he said, "Yeah, this this one's a different level," and and it sure was. Mike Ravel, the whole, you know, Akeem Dent, you know, talking about it as well. You know, the atmosphere that they bring, not only at home but on the road, it really does help. Uh, this defense overall by the team uh, and bring some energy, but I don't think Trey Benson really needed some extra juice on that. Uh, he, he wanted to get things done and he sure did, but anything else for you guys on, on this before we move on here? um You know, we saw Ke- uh, Keon Coleman, uh, Johnny Wilson, Johnny Wilson, 82 yards, Keon Coleman, 24, kind of took two quarters for Keon to find his groove. And also for Jordan Travis to, con- to connect with him. Uh, but you're too, star uh, wide receivers along with Ja'Kai Douglas racking up 69 yards. Great number there. Shout out to Ja'Kai for that. But Nice. um, Yeah, it is nice. It's nice to have a slot receiver here. And, you know, we're still trying to figure out, you know, Destin Hill health-wise how close he is to 100% and everything. But it's so nice to have Ja'Kai Douglas come in middle of the season and he's also finding uh, a lot of chemistry
2: and finding that groove that we've seen him find with Jordan Travis and, and career past. He's been huge these last two weeks, especially, you know, we're talking about two games where Florida State at one point was trailing against Pittsburgh and had to battle back in that game. And then the same thing against Miami, you know, the Seminoles and Hurricanes were really duking it out for the majority of that first half. And then Florida State made some adjustments and was able to find some success there and pull that game out as things went on. But Ja'Kai Douglas, you know, a career game against the Pittsburgh Panthers to spark things without Keon Coleman and Johnny Wilson in the lineup. And then once again, making a huge catch against Miami. You know, you go back to that 2021 game. Ja'Kai Douglas had a massive play on that final drive to help Florida State eventually set up that game-winning, you know, fourth and 14, first and for foremost to Andrew Parchman. And then the game-winning touchdown by Jordan Travis. And then he does the same thing here, has a has a huge catch that leads to a scoring possession for Florida State. I'm sure, I'm sure they would have liked to turn that one into a touchdown rather than a field goal. But regardless, you know, he strikes again in this rivalry.
1: They even mentioned that his game two years ago on the broadcast, after that long long catch, they said, just like he did two years ago. And it's good to see him emerge as that slot receiver, something we've noted that Florida State's needed pretty much all season long. Really, my only thoughts is there's been a whole lot of copium being taken by Miami's fan base. Talking oh we're closing the gap. Just acting like they don't have the more talented team, according to 24-7, but I digress.
2: Well, we'll have to talk about that gap for 365 more days. And that's what they will do. We know that for sure. The off season
0: champions, the Miami hurricanes. So shout out to them. I, I can't waste any time. I saw a lot of FSU Twitter, some of the FSU be going out with Miami fans, but it, trust me, it's not even worth it. Just enjoy it. Grab a beer, enjoy, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Enjoy your Monday, move on to the next week. It's not worth it with Miami fans at this point. It hasn't been that way for uh, quite a long while, honestly. So We'll see them on Twitter during the offseason. Some of them are going into retirement as we speak. Um, Let's see. That's our last thoughts there on Florida State versus Miami. Let's jump into these college football playoff rankings, which we had uh, kind of a shakeup. Not too much. Nothing too uh, big of a shocker here for uh, college football fans as watching. But Georgia at number one, Ohio State number two, Michigan number three, and Florida State at number 4 Washington is right behind FSU at number 5 uh and Oregon's at 6 Texas 7 8 is Alabama. Uh what are y'all's thoughts on, you know, that top 4 grid as Florida State still holding on to that spot like I mentioned earlier the college football playoff committee believed that Florida State had a dominant win they did what they did. To Miami and more, they thought. They thought that was a fluke play or that was some blown coverage there for Florida State secondary where Miami scored. Um, and they did not feel like Washington should move above the Seminoles at this current time.
1: I mean, it's kind of like I've said the last few weeks. It doesn't really matter because, you know, Michigan and Ohio State have to play each other next week. And once that happens, there won't be a debate on who's in the top four as long as Florida State and Washington keep winning. Um, Eventually, they'll both be in the top four if they keep winning. But Washington does have a fairly hard schedule down the stretch. But I think the committee is rewarding Florida State for just being a more complete team. Washington doesn't run the football very well. Their defense isn't the best. Florida State's just been a more complete team, and that's why they've yet to make that change. But, again, in two weeks, it won't really matter because – Ohio State Michigan have to play at some point.
2: And Washington's defense has also been a big cause for concern. You know, if they're giving up 42 and 30-plus points every week to these Pac-12 teams, what's going to happen whenever they go against someone in the top four? And that seems like a big factor for the playoff committee. Last night, um, after the show wrapped up, college football playoff chair Boo Corrigan spoke to the media and actually was asked about, you know, the difference between between Florida State and Washington and, you know, stuff like that and his response was, I think when you look at that, that's a factor in what's going on as well as the Arizona State and Stanford close games there with two teams that have won a combined six games this year. But we're going to continue to look at it and continue to evaluate week over week. You saw today a little bit when you look at the whole 25, it's a clean sheet every week as we come in and we continue to debate it. So, you know, there's a very small gap, I think, between – Florida State and Washington, when you're talking about the margin in that four and five spot, and it's going to be important for the Seminoles, you know, not going to get much of a chance this week against North Alabama, but next week in Gainesville, going to need to go out there and decisively defeat Florida, I think. And, you know, Florida State fans, I think you've got to hope Louisville wins this weekend, clinches that ACC championship berth, ranked number 10 in the college football playoff rankings. If they went out and Florida State goes into Charlotte, gets a top 10 win there, pretty much secures their chances to make the playoff, in my opinion.
1: Again, if they went out, they're in no matter what, and also Washington's an underdog this weekend playing at Oregon State. Mm-hmm. I don't think Florida State would be an underdog to too many teams or really any two lost teams right now. I think they're favored no matter where they're playing, and i I think that has a part to do with it as well,
0: yeah, and then looking ahead to at some championships, at least for s e c as well you know Florida State has a chance to move up. Uh, depending on, you know, if Alabama just dis- decides to disrupt a few things here, which I think a lot of college football fans are keeping a close eye on that one, where, you know, maybe Alabama has the chance, they go in and take down Georgia. Then where do you put Florida State? They stay there, or I think you would move up Florida State and then you jump in and, and give Alabama a chance. It's going to be more interesting. It, it's really just all up to Florida State and what they want to do. You know, they're going to be facing now. Unless something crazy happens with Louisville and Miami, you know, Florida State's gonna be facing a top 10 team with the Cardinals and Charlotte, which, if they get that win and the ACC championship, that, that helps a ton on their resume as well.
1: Mm-hmm. I've talked about it on Twitter and I talked about it a little bit on our Discord as well. To me, the dream scenario with Florida State winning out is Alabama beating Georgia in the SEC title, Texas winning out, Washington winning out, and then just whoever you prefer in the Big Ten. To me, I'd, I'd rather play Ohio State. And that gives you a top four of more than likely Ohio State, Florida State, Washington, and then Texas, because they're going to have to reward Texas over Bama for that head-to-head win. And I think that's a fairly winnable bracket for Florida State. They don't have the rushing attacks that a Michigan or a Georgia does, and that's something Florida State struggled with this year.
2: I think, if anything, it would be big for Florida State to get into that third spot, so they don't have to worry about the, the four and five debate. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: I mean, again, Ohio State, Michigan have to play. If there's four undefeated teams, all four of them are gonna get in. I'm not really worried about the four or five, because eventually two of them have to play.
2: But if Ohio State Michigan's twenty-eight-27 or 31-28, 30, <laughs> I mean someone lost, you already know who's better.
0: Hmm. We'll what about if it's overtime? Triple overtime B <laughs> Z. Are you thinking about that yet? Someone lost. What about if Harbaugh's not on the sideline? And Ohio State only wins it, by a field be, goal.
1: It'd be different if <laughs> he was suspended from the team entirely. He's still there throughout the week. He's still doing all the press conferences, all the practices, all the team activities. The only thing he can't do is be at the game. Mm-hmm. So the only th- the only thing he's not doing is deciding when to call timeouts. That's pretty much it.
0: Sally's asking here, do we want Miami to beat Louisville? Nope. No. Do not want that to happen.
1: Louisville's at 10. They should be at nine considering Missouri has two losses, but really Louisville's only win is that win over Notre Dame. You know, if Louisville beats Miami and then they beat Kentucky to end the season, those are two decent wins at the very least. Maybe they can move into that eight or nine spot.
2: And it would just be huge for Florida State's resume because the biggest win right now for the Seminoles is probably LSU, and their season hasn't necessarily unfolded how people thought um, back in August, now sitting with three losses – Then you've got the Duke win, which Duke obviously has fallen out of the top twenty-five since Florida State's victory there. So, to get a victory over a top-ten team at the end of the season would be a big boost for FSU's resume.
0: What What do you guys think right here for a fun conversation? Now, what do you think is going to be this top four college football playoff for two weeks away from obviously rivalry weekend? That'll be next weekend. Then we'll have conference championships. But well, what do you think? Who's gonna who's gonna come in here? Uh, you know, I like you were saying there: VZ, Ohio State, Michigan. They face one another. Who's gonna jump in here? Who's at it gonna end, be
1: at the end of the year? To me, the most realist, the most realistic for is Georgia, Michigan, Florida State, Oregon. I think Oregon gets the better of Washington in that rematch in the Pac-12 title game. I think that's the most likely four in my opinion.
2: That's what I was gonna say as well. I think Oregon sneaks in there, and I honestly think Washington's gonna have uh, their work cut out for them this weekend against Oregon State, a really sneakily good football team. Mm-hmm. The they may have their work well. cut out.
1: They may have their work cut out for them next week against Washington State too, who hasn't looked the best the last few seasons. But you can't count Cam Ward out in any football game.
2: Plus, it's the Apple Cup. The
0: Apple Cup. Yep. Oh, it's gonna it's gonna be fun. Like this weekend, it's all right. Like there's definitely some good matchups, but then you get into rivalry weekend, um, which we're going to steer into now. You know, discussing Florida State's going to be facing the Gators on Saturday of next week at seven o'clock, gentlemen. Dustin, last time you and I were there, that was at
2: noon,er right? I think it was three thirty. Not one of those two. I want to say it was three thirty because I thought yeah, because I don't think we got up that early thought it was closer to nighttime whenever we started heading back to Tallahassee. But, you know, it should be rocking even more now Saturday night in the swamp with the Gators potentially fighting for bowl eligibility.
1: Is it going to be rocking? Because I feel like most of that fan base wants Napier out of there.
2: I feel like it'll still get up for FSU, Florida State, though.
0: I'm sorry, sorry,
2: FSU, UF. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty much how I'm expecting the game to go, though.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm expecting if it's a 7 o'clock, it's in the swamp, they're going to show up except for maybe, you know, it is Thanksgiving weekend. But still, I mean, I'm just trying to think back in 2013 when Florida State was on a run like this. It was a heavy FSU crowd. I'm expecting a lot of FSU's FSU's fan base to be there. But still, 7 o'clock kickoff in the swamp, fine for bowl eligibility and really for Bailey, Billy Napier's job. You would love to ruin, it's really just to ruin Florida State's run you know that's the main thing that they want to do and the last time Florida State was there and the swamp you know I think we all predicted Florida State to win that game didn't happen Florida State lost to an interim head coach Um, and so it was yeah. extremely disappointing listen to Jermaine Johnson after the game Mike Revell kind of been shocked that they lost that one so never yeah. know it's, it's rivalry weekend not saying yeah. not saying that I'm predicting Florida State to lose yeah. that game but I am I am trying oh. to hype this up a little bit I'm trying to hype it up it is that's North we'll, Alabama we'll, week, man. I'm trying to keep the viewers on here. Yeah, we'll, we'll, up.
1: we'll talk more about it next week, but I think Jordan Travis is going to have something to prove just the way that game went two years ago. It got hurt a little bit through the game. Couldn't quite finish the game how he wanted to. I think he's going to come out firing to start that Florida game.
2: Yeah, you think about that one. I mean, that was just the perfect storm for the Gators. Jordan Travis gets injured on the opening drive, like three plays into the game, his shoulders messed up. Mackenzie Belton comes in, throws a pick. Tate Rodemaker comes in. I can't remember if he threw a pick or not, but it didn't go very well. And then you basically basically got Jordan Travis with one shoulder out there the remainder of the game. The defense actually picked off Emory Jones three times in that one, and Florida State still wasn't able to yeah. win. I do remember fourth quarter. Florida State was down seven, about to get the ball back, had a punt, and I believe it was Keyshawn Helton that muffed it, and Florida recovered. It was it was an ugly game on. Special teams and and on offense and like you said, Logan, it was very somber after the game because that was one Florida State five and six going into it had a chance to get back to going to the postseason after starting it out zero and four with obviously the loss to Jacksonville State and that really disappointing stretch at the time and then that happens in Gainesville, so you've got to thank Florida State. Not only the players, but Mike Norvell and his coaching staff, they've got a real chip on their shoulder and want to go into Gainesville and prove a point against the Gators that they, they've still got a sour taste in their mouth despite winning last year.
1: And now Florida's going to be in that same situation more than likely. Just They, they obviously didn't start the season off the same way that Florida State did in Norvell's second year, but in Napier's second year, they start off 5-2. and two. They've now lost three straight. They're playing at Missouri next week who just absolutely blasted Tennessee. Men then potentially play f- an undefeated Florida state at five and six for bowl eligibility. It's a tough, tough position to be
0: in really tough situation. Uh, Colston here from YouTube is asking if Jaden Daniels wins the Heisman, should that improve FSU's resume? I don't know if it improves FSU's resume. I think they're going to do just fine if they're winning games, but it sure does improve Adam Fuller's resume. I'll give you them that. I'll give <laughs> them that. That's for damn sure. Adam Fuller was in his bag in that game, gentlemen.
1: He's he's honestly been in his bag almost all year. Obviously, the first there's yeah. been some first half of games where people are like, What are we doing? In the second half of games, he's been absolutely phenomenal with his adjustments and, and what he wants his defense to do. There's a reason he's on the he's on the semifinalist list for the Broyles Award.
2: I've just been really impressed with not only Adam Fuller, but also with what the defensive backfield has been able to produce um in the first year under Pat Sertan. I mean Man, it's been a complete turnaround from the last couple of years, and there's still been some struggles, some inconsistencies at times. But Florida State, at least according to um, FSU Sports Info, the only team in the country right now that's um, allowing less completions than total passing attempts, holding teams under 50% completion percentage on the season. So it's been really impressive, and you're seeing them get back to creating takeaways, interceptions throughout the year, you know if, if they can keep this rolling, especially with the talent coming in in this tribe 24 recruiting class, you know, the future is bright for the Seminoles and the defensive backfield.
0: Yeah, we're about to talk about one too incoming, but yeah, Coach Sertan, just to add to your point there, Dustin, also these, these youngsters coming in and playing so well. I mean, we mm-hmm. talked about Conrad Hussey at the very beginning of this show, and we've talked about him a ton throughout the last couple of weeks, but just for you know, also Akeem Dent, I think he's playing some of his best ball as well. You know, he's keeping things quiet back there and he's staying healthy and everything. And Shaheen Brown as well. I love some of the blitzes that they're bringing with him, too. But, yeah, Coach Tertan in his first year, just imagine, too, in his second year with all that talent that's coming in in this class. It's 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 ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. So um, but yeah, shout, shout out to Adam but yeah that's a good question I've been thinking about that the last couple weeks just you know hearing all this stuff about Jaden Daniels he's one of the top favorites if not the favorite to win this Heisman what's the whole talk about Bo Nix man I mean he's uh, maybe I just don't watch enough of Bo Nix and such but I mean he was supposed to win the Heisman his freshman year (laughs) now in his 16th season he's supposed to win it now Um, but Jaden Daniels certainly at least entertainment wise is super fun to watch but I would like it if you're an FSU fan. If someone were to win and it, it's not Jordan Travis, give it to Jaden Daniels and say Adam Fuller did what he needed to do and also Tatum Bethune.
1: <laughs> I mean, Nick's has been playing out of his mind. He's completing almost 80% of his passes. <laughs> has 29 touchdowns and two interceptions. He's been rolling all year. I think part of it is that he just plays on the West Coast and a lot of people are asleep by the time he's on the TV. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I agree. To me, Jaden Daniels should be the favorite. Even though LSU hasn't been the best team, it's not been because of Daniels. It's been because of the defense. He's been amazing all year, and he's coming off a game where he had six hundred yards of offense by himself. <laughs> it's just absurd.
2: Yeah, what three three hundred plus passing yards, two hundred plus rushing yards against an SEC team yeah, well, was, against against Florida. Florida. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. seven
1: hundred yards of offense in total for for LSU is ridiculous. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no joke. Uh, let's go over to uh, a commitment that Florida State landed. Talking about that secondary with Coach Sertan. Future's looking bright. D. Lou, a nice pickup for the Seminoles. Florida State lands, two, one 175 pounds. Jamari Howard uh, from down south. Florida State continues to cook down below. Mario Cristobal's wall. Uh, Mike Hervelle and Coach Sertan jumping over that pretty easily, but ranked as... A number seven cornerback and 247 sports rankings overall in the composite, though, top 11 in the country. Uh, and for 247 sports, to a top 100 recruit, mm-hmm. a nice pickup for the Seminoles here. Dulu, what are your thoughts on this pickup
2: for Florida State? Huge pickup in the defensive backfield. And, you know, we just talked about what the Seminoles are doing on the field and the defensive backfield and what they're doing on the recruiting trail. Is just as impressive, and now you add Jamari Howard to a class that already includes talents like KJ Bolden, Charles Lester, Ricky Knight. I mean, some very good um, high school defensive backs that are going to be the future of FSU at that position. And now Jamari Howard, like you said, a long and raging, a long and rangy cornerback, just what Florida State's looking for in that defensive backfield. Top one hundred prospect. Um, this is one that I think just relationships were huge here. You know, he was committed to Michigan State for a while. Florida State continued to work there. Um, He ended up backing off that pledge. It seemed like Florida was the favorite. And Florida State, I mean, they just continued to put the time and effort in. You know, Mike Norvell, Pat Sertan, Adam Fuller really working here and eventually able to pull off the commitment for Howard on Friday, Um, committed to the Seminoles just before that Miami game, then was actually in attendance – for the game on Saturday and stuck around on Sunday for a long amount of time. He won't he won't take his official visit until December. So Florida State gonna have him back on campus again before he signs. But I mean, this is just a huge one. Now Tribe 24 sitting at number three in the country, have moved ahead of Florida, who is dealing with some decommitments, some major decommitments over the last, you know, 48, 72 hours. Have had three or four blue chip prospects back off their pledges. And now you got Florida State. Um, sitting with one of the top recruiting classes in the country, still looking at a couple final pieces to the puzzle. But, I mean, man, it's been impressive, not only in the defensive backfield, but just the entirety of this recruiting cycle for to State, doing some real work at the prep level. And we're seeing that message from Mike Norvell finally pay off. Continuing to cook,
0: man. And I think, you know, seeing all those recruits, too, on the sideline in pregame Getting a win against a rival, definitely one that's like Miami, where you're really competing heavily in that recruiting battle down south, Delu. Those those kind of things are those are huge. And it just creates just easy momentum for you as you're going into the latter half of a strong postseason and just hearing from some of the recruits too after the game. Uh, a lot of praise for this staff, and you know what they're continuing to do, and you know a lot of a lot of recruits who saying that Florida State's building something special. But I think they've kind of gotten to that point where they built something special. Like Mike Norvell, he won't say it, but you know there's there's bigger goals ahead, and they take it week by week. But you know I, I think Florida State's at that spot now where. where they've they've got a rhythm going and it's a wheel that's turning and and on the recruiting side of thing, things, if you mix that in with
2: transfer, they they, they found a really good recipe for success. And I really think they're at the point where, you know, you're probably going to be able to take more high school prospects than you were the last couple of years. They were filling in some of those holes with transfers and, you know, we've seen how this roster has transitioned over time. Now you're looking at bringing in a full class of high school prospects. uh, I believe sitting at, Yeah, 23 verbal commitments as of right now in this 2024 class. And, I mean, probably going to get to 25, 26, I would imagine, depending on how things continue to shake out over the next couple of weeks. And we mentioned it a couple weeks or months ago, but now there's no signing limit in these classes. Schools can bring in as many high school prospects, as many transfer portal players as they want, as long as they can fit it into that 85-man scholarship limit. So, you know, it could get very interesting for Florida State, um, depending on who ends up leaving the roster after the season and just how many spots they have to add, guys. Speaking of
0: some other stuff, though, we were talking about it in the production meeting just for a second, but uh, there's been some college football moves. It's this time of year where some coaches aren't performing to the ability of uh, the program's liking athletic directors moving on from some people that have been around at their jobs. And it might be time to say goodbye. And this time it's going to be former Florida state head coach Jimbo Fisher. He has been fired officially from Texas A&M crazy, crazy uh, note here. Jimbo Fisher is going to be making $26,000 a day until 2031. That's roughly $1,083 an hour. About 1100 bucks an hour. Um, so, money-wise, Jimbo's going to be fine. But integrity and, as we know, ego-wise, it's going to be hurting quite a bit. But uh, what are y'all's thoughts on Jimbo Fisher? Obviously, moving on, leaving Florida State in a pretty brutal spot. And a lot of former players that we've had come on here, discuss that with us, and, and give their thoughts. But didn't leave in a great way. Wanted a lot of things from the admin And boom, out of here. And go takes a big time, uh, big time contract with Texas A&M, absurd amount of money, and then isn't able to perform and was bringing in a lot of high tier recruits, but not being able to
2: develop on the field and and get wins. My thoughts: I'm hoping that we can uh, make an addendum to my contract, and you can say that if I get fired, I get $75 million guaranteed. (laughs) Wow! Let me know if you're interested in in that. Agreement. Um, I'll fax it yes. over to you. But yeah, I don't feel bad for Jimbo at all because nope. the guy can never walk out of his front door again. And I mean, he's made general generational wealth for himself, his kid, his kid's kid, his kid's kid's kid. I mean, the list the list goes on for a while. Um, but yeah, it it definitely didn't work out how he was thinking at Texas A and M. I can't say that I felt really bad to see the downfall in College Station even funnier that it comes after a blowout win over Mississippi State and you know former FSU quarterback commit Chris Parson getting his first start over there so uh, a funny weekend for sure Jimbo Fisher I, I don't know I don't know where it goes from here I kind of feel like he's going to end up taking a year off but I could also see him ending up maybe somewhere like West Virginia if, if that job ends up coming open so we'll see where it goes but Florida State I believe Mike Norvell more 10 win seasons at FSU than Jimbo Fisher was able to accrue at Texas a and you know, what are they going to do with that trophy now?
1: <laughs> throw it in the right.
2: trash. Melt it <laughs> down for, you know, save a little bit of money on the buyout. Eh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little
0: bit. Just do it a is, little small dent to it. Scratch.
1: It has to be the only time in college football history that, both coaches are fired following the game, right? Because Mississippi State's coach was also fired this week. Um, kind of a funny situation, if you ask me. It, it was interesting to hear the rationale behind the firing now, just from stuff I've heard on the on podcasts and boards and whatever. Just Texas A&M didn't want to give Jimbo that chance to go out and beat an LSU at the end of the season, and then they can rationalize, oh, we can keep it around, maybe he can get us back. It's interesting that they're just ripping the Band-Aid off now and said, "Yeah, let's pay him the seventy-seven million just to get out of here." It's it's certainly a move, cer- certainly showing how deep their pockets go. <laughs> um, not only to buy him out, but they're gonna have to buy a staff out after the season. They're gonna have to buy someone else's contract out to get him away from whatever school he's at currently. I mean, they're going to be a hundred plus million in.
2: You're looking in- at like one fifty, I think. I mean.
1: I'm just talking about paying for this year. Not even not the entire life of the next coach's contract. They're they're looking at paying 100 to 110 million for one coach in one offseason. It's it's frankly absurd to me. I, it just does not make sense in my head. Um, but frankly it's it's Jimbo's own doing. He couldn't adapt to the way college football was going. He was too stuck in his own ways. He kept calling his own plays for the offense. He couldn't hand the reins to someone else. And he was too Honestly, he's too loyal to his own guys. He couldn't make the tough decisions on staff, with the roster. It's really Jimbo's own doing, and maybe he learns from that at his next stop, whatever it is. Personally, I'm going into retirement with 77 MEMs in the bank and living a happy life.
2: Yeah, I mean, what an epic buyout. It's fully guaranteed. So even if he gets a job somewhere else, it doesn't help pay off any of the buyout.
1: And it gets more absurd than that because – of how much money is due to him, like up front, I got to pull it out because I think it was like
2: 20 something mil, some wild number. And then another couple mils 60 days after that. Um... Yeah. I don't feel, I do not feel bad for him. I would feel bad for anyone watching this show if they got fired. Jimbo, not at all. I'm sorry. Yeah. So
1: for the fr- in the first 60 Fire days. Fire me
2: tonight, Logan. Fire me right now. <laughs>
0: I don't have, I don't, I don't have. 75 m's to give you though brother in in the first
1: in the first 60 days they owe him 19.3 million 60 days after that they owe him another 7.2 million which starts the first of eight annual payments of 7 million
0: (laughs) yeah i'm I'm calling it a day we're chilling (laughs) i might not even be in america I'm,
1: i'm going back i'm going back to my ranch in west virginia and i'm chilling no one's ever going to hear from me again. If I'm you're, no,
0: you're going to be at every country concert, though. Like you will oh,
1: Yeah, I would be. I'm I'm talking about if I'm Jimbo, yeah. I'm going back to my ranch in West Virginia, nobody's going to hear from me ever again. <laughs> yeah. I
0: was going to say, too, maybe one thing that he just didn't have, though, at Texas A&M was Jameis Winston or 22 NFL-drafted offensive and defensive players that ended up going uh, after their time at Florida State. Maybe that ended up doing it, but.
2: Yeah, there was a list of quarterbacks that came after Jameis uh, under Jimbo during the rest of his time at FSU and since he's been at Texas a and and it was not pretty. I mean, wow. Yeah,
0: I'm going to share this real quick, too, looking at some of the uh, – this is so much fun to do. But these are – Who's that some, on there? Oh,
2: Mike, who that is? Mike Norville? Mike – How do you say that?
0: Mike Mike Norvell. let's tied with Mike Elko there for the favorite to go to College Station. What are y'all's thoughts on that?
1: How is Dabo not listed? Because if we're just going off of what coaches have said this week, Norvell's absolutely flat out denied it. Dan Lanning's absolutely flat out denied it. And there's someone else too. I had his name and then I lost it. Oh, Dion. Dion said, I'm, "I pay taxes here. I'm good." <laughs> De- whereas Dion. when Davo was asked about, he's like, "Ah, must be November." Like he didn't, like he didn't say no or anything. He just kind of just brushed it off. Like well,
0: whew, see, like Dion. That's interesting. The media there. You? I mean, if I'm a if I'm a media member in Colorado, I'm driving the traffic. Just knowing <laughs> off of our network, our at our network, the number one site. And college football is our colorado site so i'm just driving it i'm eating it up i'm asking dion i mean they do ask dion the silliest things but it does drive traffic but any kind of odds things like this you've got uh, lane kiffin at five to one dan landing six to one mike elko seven to one also with mike novella at seven to one um and you've got utsas with jeff trailer at 10 to one uh, james franklin 12 to one um but yeah Dabo's not on this list but Deion Sanders 20 to 1. And then down at the very bottom here, oh, so Urban Meyer Urban 20 Meyer? to 1. And Bill Belichick 50 to 1, baby. He's <laughs> going to go from leaving the Patriots. He's heading over to Texas A&M. He yeah, wants to stress out even more. It's got to be
2: really fun to work for these gambling companies. You just like think just of names and just throw them in, and you're like, yeah, 7 to 1 works. Why not? To, yeah.
1: To me, the names that make the most sense are Mike Alco. Obviously, he's a defensive coordinator there, and he's a fantastic coach. He's done more with less than arguably any coach in the country at Duke mm-hmm. so far. Jeff Trailer knows Texas as much as anybody, and he's got UTSA as as good as he could possibly get them. You know, Cliff Keensbury, maybe he's, he's been out of college for a year. I could see him coming back. And then Lance Le- Leopold, however you say it, at Kansas, he's done as good of a job as anybody has done there. I could see him fitting into Texas a and pretty seamlessly.
2: I just yeah, don't think that here. they fired Jimbo and spent all that money to hire hire Jeff Trailer. And I don't mean no, that trust with
1: me. any I I agree. I'm just saying that would make that would be the best fit are those three, are would be Elko, Trailer, and Leopold, in my I, opinion.
2: I think you're looking for a big splash type guy here.
1: Oh, I'm sure they've already called Dan Lanning's agent and said, How does eight years hundred and twenty <laughs> million sound?
2: <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Maybe even Kalen DeBoer from Washington. I mean, it'd be hilarious. Yeah, some recruiting.
1: I, honestly, Lane Kiffin would be the funniest one, though. I would I would die of laughter. That'd
2: Jonathan be, Smith from incredible. Oregon State would be a pretty good hire. I don't know if it's quite a splash hire, but yeah. what he's done in Corvallis, I mean, I think it speaks for itself. Not many people. Well. Just about no one has been able to do what he's been able to do there.
0: Yeah, I think with uh, James Franklin is always put into every coaching search, no matter what, who it is, where it could be, no matter what, James Franklin's always there. But you're not really going anywhere, James Franklin. I think we all can agree here that he's hit his limit. There's not going to go. He's not making that college football playoff unless something horrific happens. I mean, well, now we have a 12 team. We have a 12 team, but if we're sticking with four team playoffs, Ohio yeah. State, Michigan, it's going to be tough for for James Franklin ever to reach that bar. And even when Jim Harbaugh is not on the sideline coaching against him at home at Penn State, you know he's kind of already hit his. And Dan Campbell from the Detroit Lions isn't going anywhere at, uh, as well.
1: Maybe, maybe I, I don't know. Maybe James Franklin talks himself into going. You know, I'm never going to be. Does like, maybe I'm never going to beat Michigan and Ohio State. Let me just go get paid. And he, he goes and gets $100 million from Texas A&M for like six years or something ridiculous.
0: That would be so silly on A&M's part.
1: He'll, He'll
2: definitely be in the running because it seems like every coaching job, you hear James Franklin, you know, Jimmy yeah. Sexton, he he does. He gets
0: it, oh, yeah, he gets a raise every time.
2: And I'm sure like pretty much everyone on this list, if you look it up, their agent's probably Jimmy Sexton. I mean, that guy. It's, except
1: for Norvell. Norvell got rid of him, I think, last year.
0: And a you know, FSU fans, I was just seeing everywhere on uh, social media just talking about, you know, it's Mike Norvell. Oh, my goodness gracious, we got to keep Mike Norvell and everything. But, you know, just just keep in mind who your AD is now. Things have changed a little bit in administration at Florida State. And uh, I would believe in your AD with Michael Alford. And I would be pretty sure that he's got things handled there on, on that side of things with how Florida State has turned things around with the amount of horrific – culture locker room that Norvell had to work with immediately once arriving in Tallahassee so yeah Alfred, just trust hashtag trust Alfred. that's what needs to be tweeted more often um let's jump into uh let's jump into this game real quick not going to spend a whole ton of time on it there's no reason to whatsoever we're not even going to jump into practice observations we don't need Dustin to tell us that the Guys are energized. Pretty rainy, though. Pretty rainy week and nasty week, though, in Tallahassee. Same here, too, in St. Pete. But, um, you know, anything worth noting, at least, from, you know, practice, uh, D. Lou, you know, saw Kentron Portier and I saw that you no- mentioned him. But anything really worth uh, mentioning before we talk a little bit about this North Alabama matchup?
2: Not a ton. I would say, you know, it's a good sign for Florida State to see Kentron Poitier continuing to make progress, had a really good day on Tuesday where, I mean, he was just making catch after catch no matter the period, you know, team drills, one on one, seven on seven, KP was constantly getting into the action, had some really tough catches there on the sideline a couple of times so you know I think with him you know being a breakout player that we saw in the spring and now being set back by this injury the last couple of months it's huge for him just to continue making progress and hopefully he can begin to assert himself because if Forest State gets a 100% Kentron Poitier out there alongside Johnny Wilson and Keon as they get back into form and you know, we're seeing Ja'Kai start to find a rhythm. Hopefully, Destin Hill is able to get back to 100% after suffering that leg injury a couple of weeks ago. But, you know, he's been getting back into the lineup as well. And Deuce Band and Heike Williams were dressed on Saturday. So, it seems like this Florida State receiving core is starting to get back closer to full health. And, honestly, it's coming at a good time with Florida State getting to the tail end of the regular season. We have seen some injuries along the offensive line and guys playing at less than 100%. So, it would be huge if they're able to lean on that passing game in big moments.
0: It would be good. It would be nice to have him there
2: and fully 100%.
0: That's one thing that, you know, we saw in the Miami game, kind of had that big drop there. Not used to seeing Kentron do that whenever he's gone through camps. He's been a stellar player. But, um, yeah, Kentron finding that groove with also Ja'Kai Douglas, who has obviously found his, would be nice to end off this regular season going into hopefully a potential deep postseason run. All right, gentlemen, we got Florida State versus North Alabama kickoff at 630. This will be senior day. We were just going through the senior list on uh, during our production meeting. I think y'all have got to load it. Loaded. I can't load it worth a damn with how many tabs I've got open. But obviously your big names with, with Jordan Travis being one of those, uh, Fabian Lovett being in there as well, Kalen DeLoach who has had a massive season for the Seminoles, It's highlighted by a lot of players on this team that have stuck around and has helped build this program back to what Florida State is supposed to be. And Mike Norvell giving a lot of praise to them and Monday's press conference. And just specifically talking about Jordan Travis and what he was able to do transferring from Louisville. I think a lot of FSU fans kind of forget or you know it doesn't come to mind that he was a transfer. He, He transferred over from Louisville and was not really ever expected to be a starter at Florida State and ends up getting an opportunity and takes full advantage of it at some point, too, was opting to maybe potentially stop football, go play wide receiver position if things needed to change, but he stuck with it, and, you know, through Kenny Dillingham, Tony Tokars, and also, to Mike Norvell sticking at that quarterback position and allowing himself to develop his turn into a Heisman candidate and leading a team uh, to a potential college football playoff berth. In his final season. And that's Jordan Travis's career right there, gentlemen. I that read is off? It right there.
2: Yeah, I was read right out. like the whole list or Yeah,
0: does. give us a list so then people, whenever they're in the stands, they can be ready. Cause I would I would suggest a lot of FSU fans get in Doe Campbell Stadium earlier than usual to uh, you know,
2: applaud some of these players that are gonna be walking out there. So only 16 seniors on the roster this year for Florida State. Um, Defensive lineman Fabian Lovett, defensive back Akeem Dent, linebacker Kalen Deloach, defensive lineman Dennis Briggs, defensive back Jarian Jones, defensive back Renardo Green, quarterback Jordan Travis, linebacker Tatum Bethune, defensive back Dwayne Wells, Jr., Defensive back, Don Jaltin, long snapper, James Rosenberry. The legend. Defensive lineman, Braden Fisk. Defensive lineman, Bless Harris, or offensive lineman. Offensive lineman, Casey Roddick. Offensive lineman, Demetri Emanuel. Defensive lineman, Dylan Brown. And kicker, Tyler Keltner. Man, oh, man. It's a,
0: it's a pretty lengthy Think lengthy list there, but not really. I think
1: not as much lengthy for as some impactful. Like there's there's a lot of impact guys on that list. Like that last year's senior list was. I don't want I don't want to disrespect those guys. Just wasn't as strong. We'll just leave it at that.
0: Mm-hmm. I was going to say more, but I'm not going to say more. But yeah, no, definitely more of a star uh, started maybe senior they, they would list here. So I would. I would expect uh, I would expect J Trav to be the last one walking out there on Saturday. Um you. Yeah, Doing uh,
2: alphabetical order.
0: I think JT's got to be last. I don't give a damn who. I don't give a damn if he had the like his. Is he last class.
1: alphabetically, anyways? Um. Yeah, he is. So no, they got Wells. Oh,
2: Wells. What do you mean, Roddick, bro?
0: A B C D F G H I J K L us damn wait no he'd be before him <laughs> <laughs> anyways there's no way Jordan Travis should be like in the mix of a few walk-ons and then you know you've got your star quarterback being named on there make sure he's last let's do it right let's don't be silly with it get JT out there last get his ovation from the crowd which I think is uh, gonna be a potential another sellout I think there's only just a few
2: hundred tickets left. And yeah, they
1: announced earlier it was just 300 left. So I'm, I yeah. imagine by kickoff it'll be sold out, but we'll see.
2: Yeah. It it should be. Yeah. I mean, home finale, a lot of these guys that you'll never see play in Doke again that have been really impactful for Florida State. You've got the 2013 national championship team recon- or being recognized, 10 um, year anniversary. We haven't got a list yet for all the attendees. Should have one later in the week, but so it sounds Fisher. like.
1: I was I was just about to I was just about to ask how would we feel about Jimbo coming back for this?
2: No. No. I'm sorry. I think I think I think Fortis yes. 8 would rather let Willie come back through the door than Jimbo. Ooh. Ooh,
1: I don't know about that one.
2: Woo
0: that's what's funny about it,
2: man. Team celebration, anybody? What are, what
1: are we celebrating yeah, put in the let's chat, let's, no see in the chat. Let's,
0: let's see what the chat says we got over 100 people in here live with us this evening put in the chat who would you rather see come back if they if it were to happen you got to pick one willie Taggart or jimbo fisher i'd be interested to see the I take mean, here
1: obviously jimbo left tallahassee in an ugly way but he still won a national title like at, at the end of the day that matters
0: Whoa, I, and, did not mean and, to, I did not mean to click that, but it is.
1: And hot, and hot take, Jimbo wasn't wrong about anything he said. He just went about it the wrong way. There's a reason that since he's left, Florida State's finally gotten that the, the football-only facilities, renovating all the facilities, they're renovating Doak. There, there's a reason all of this is happening.
0: Terrell says on YouTube, Willie, so we can start swag surfing. Which they have been playing that a few times at Doak, I've heard it. So, I think we just I, make
2: Willie honorary 2013 FSU coach in the record books.
0: Please, no. He's too busy. <laughs> Willie's too – yeah. Willie's too busy with the Baltimore Ravens, though, coaching the running back room. So he might not be able to make it, sadly, which sucks. But It does suck. But also, Willie does not need to be back here anyways. <laughs> I don't even know why we're even discussing it You brought it up. It's North Alabama week, so we're just trying to just shoot the shit here at this point. But <laughs> anything not to have to preview this game. But um yeah. It's gonna be gonna be fun here. Let's go to here. Let's go look at North Alabama, the Lions, and their schedule. They're three and seven, eighth in the UAC. I think this is one of their first um I'll have to look at the stat here. I'll bring it up in a minute, but I don't want to get it wrong. But I think Kurt Weiler from the Os- Osceola out that Florida State is going to be their first opponent, Power Five opponent since nineteen fifty something, fifty nine, I think, somewhere around there. Long time. Somewhere. I don't know. Long damn time ago. So They're uh,
1: smoked.
0: Yeah, they're going to get. They're going to get their. Keep it PG, but they're going to get. They're going to get their, F inch
2: rocked in, but. It's not really uh, PG, I would
0: say.
1: <laughs>
2: but I fun tried fact to about like the Lions. It. Um, yeah, I was doing a lot of football research, obviously, but they've got a Lion on their campus, apparently. Which, who? North Alabama. Yeah. North Alabama Lions. They've got a, a live Lion mascot. Ooh. Do we know if campus. it's traveling?
0: Do we know if it's going to be traveling to Doak? I have
1: I can't, I can't imagine they'd want a lion, a lion in the same building as a horse, but that's
0: just me. <laughs> I I'm there for the content though. Uh he's that's Leo my content III. I see. <laughs> he's Leo the 3rd and he was born on November 8th of 2002. Um he lives in the George H. Carroll Lion Habitat and uh it's a tradition of over 40 years. Wow. so this is. Uh, do you guys want to see Theo or Leo? Do y'all want to see him? Yeah. It'll right be, it'll be the most of North Alabama oh, I've seen all week. It's a big line. There's no way this thing's coming into dope for sure. But it would be a phenomenal. Experience. But here's a good look at our guy right here, Leo the Third. That's a big boy. That is a big lion. That is no joke. It looks I've like been a lion. Look at him crossing. Is he's kind of formal with it though? Got a beautiful mane. Uh, I went to LSU and I went to their stadium there, and this mm-hmm. thing is, is way bigger than their tiger. I, I'll say that
1: lions are generally bigger than tigers, so that makes sense.
0: <laughs> you you're really good with the animal planning, aren't you? Well,
2: um, I'm but yeah, maybe Jordan it, Travis will beat it a fan before each game a fan does north
1: alabama have fans i'm sorry all they right
0: probably do. Jeez. okay we don't there's no reason to be mean to north alabama at all there's, there's not. No it's reason. not being mean
1: it's a it's a it's a genuine question
0: uh i think so i think they do um but really this is all about learning about north alabama i mean on the field you know there's not gonna be much going on but i would like to see a lot of uh Youngsters from Florida state side, hopefully a lot of Tate Rodemaker. I see a lot of FSU fans now starting the conversation of 2024 in the quarterback room, which we've been talking about throughout this whole entire season. Rodemaker has been really nice going in there and games and as taking care of the ball, we saw what he did against Louisville last year, but you know, would love to see Tate Rodemaker out there and get a lot of playing time along with Brock Glenn, too, guys. Um, and of course, a lot of those other true freshmen and, and, and some, uh, some sophomores this
2: upcoming weekend. I definitely think that we'll see not only Tate Rodemaker but probably see Brock Glenn out there for the first time since that Southern Miss game. Uh, Norvell was asked about him on Tuesday and you know mentioned that he missed some time earlier in the year, but it sounds like if he's needed to go into the game, he'll be able to. So it would be exciting to see those two guys both get some game reps. Obviously, you know, Brock hindered by that like hand injury I guess you would call it that he suffered against Southern Miss but he was still able to continue getting mental reps in practice and I mean it really didn't keep him out for too long so before to say moving into a crucial off season where you're gonna have to figure out are you gonna replace Jordan Travis by going in the transfer portal or are you gonna go with some of these guys that are on the roster It'd be nice to see them in game action
1: I don't have any thoughts them to be honest.
0: You don't have any thoughts in your brain just, at all?
1: No, just about this game. I you just don't have any. Don't, it's it's just one of those.
0: Don't.
1: If the backups aren't in by the middle of the second quarter, I'm going to be disappointed. It's just one of those games.
2: hope FSU is taking it more serious than you guys.
1: I mean, I I, I fully expect Norvell is taking them way more seriously than I am sitting on sitting on my couch from Charlotte, North Carolina. But, you yeah, know.
2: I mean, I still have – every every couple of weeks I wake up and I hear, like, a, the Gamecock chant in my ear from Jacksonville State in 2021. Mm, and I okay, can I can see uh, I can see Jarvis Brownlee just missing that tackle.
1: Yeah, well, luckily Brownlee made it up to us the next year at Louisville.
2: Hopefully he'll make it up this year.
1: That's yeah. true. Well, he's Charlotte. been hurt. I think he's been hurt the last month or so and hasn't played.
0: Tough. You just hate to see it. Uh, Beazie. North Alabama has fans here. Check out the stadium here at Brayley Municipal Stadium.
1: It's crazy; they got more fans than Miami does.
0: That is actually accurate. That's actually <laughs> accurate. So Have you, you seen out their... North Alabama? A sold-out
2: stadium. Miami would never.
1: Have you seen Miami's new promotion? Buy one, get two free this weekend. It's <laughs> incredible.
2: <laughs> that's, that's better that's, than fucking Dollar that's, Tree.
1: That's not even. That's not even a joke. They're actually doing that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Damn. Double BOGO. BOGO on BOGO.
1: I think it's just for Coral Gable uh, residents, but still.
0: Shit. I could go on a whole rant here. It's a great view. Um, But, yeah, beautiful, beautiful stadium here. What I'm seeing here uh, North Alabama Stadium. The best that North
2: Alabama can provide.
0: Yeah, looks like they're going to get some renovations here soon, it's looking like. So, going to even increase and maybe attendance um but other than that let's get to some score predictions (laughs) so we get to some basketball because vz said he's got 20 minutes of basketball for us so i I can if Um, we need to but i no i think it's great i think it's great all right let's jump into score predictions appreciate everybody hopping on here if you're still on here on youtube hit the like button appreciate it subscribe so you get notified every time we release a new episode Score predictions, gentlemen. Florida State versus North Alabama. Jordan Travis's last home game in Doe Campbell Stadium. I think this wraps around back to...
1: That's d Lou, And then you have next week. That's right.
2: Florida, time on this. Florida State, big opportunity on the table here to end off the home schedule um, with a win while getting younger guys playing time in the process. Um, I think... You know, you're going to see the Seminoles come out and treat this opponent the right way, really execute here, especially with this being Jordan Travis and a bunch of other guys, you know, Kalen Deloach, Fabian Lovett. The list kind of goes on of impactful players on both sides of the ball for Florida State. So I think they'll take this moment really seriously, come out, get the job done, and we'll see a lot of young guys in this one, probably the majority of the second half. I'm going to go Florida State 59, North Alabama six.
0: Uh, I got Florida State winning this one 51 to six at home for Florida State. And the biggest thing to me is stay healthy, number one, leave healthy, and then also uh, get a chance to see some of these youngsters get out there on oh, Saturday. But the biggest thing, just, just try to stay healthy. And I think, too, I would like to see this offensive line get in for a little bit and get the hell out. You know, this this offensive line needs to be fully healthy for their matchup against the Gators next weekend. And you could just tell, you know, Marie Smith is holding on by a threat, it looks like sometimes down there on the field. And would love to get some of these guys out and early in this game and, and give them some early rest. So uh, that's me, 51-6.
1: surprisingly they going so low on the score. Uh, I've got 69 wow. nothing. And that's that's a legitimate take. It's a legitimate take. I was going to say seventy to six, but I'm like, eh, I don't think they're going to score, so sixty-nine
2: nothing.
0: Okay, so they didn't score. That's why you picked sixty-nine. Okay, okay, that's your reasoning. Nice. Also, this
2: this prediction did not work out last week, but I'm going to predict that Jordan Travis hits that one hundredth touchdown. He is at ninety-eight as of now. So. He needs two touchdowns, and then I think he's going to get one more and one more. So four total touchdowns on the day to get to 102 in his career.
1: I, I don't even know if he's going to play enough drives to get four touchdowns, to be honest with you. This four t-
2: touchdown t- drives. I mean, but this may be, be tough nothing early,
1: <laughs> Trey, and, they just, and they just get the backup center early.
0: And then, too, dude, if Trey Benson keeps on finding these little seams, man, he just might put it away on his own. So I don't know. We'll see. It might. It might end up happening in Doak, or it might happen in Gainesville. And, and not, even yeah, not even Benson. Would also
1: be fun. not even Benson. Ronnie Hill could just go out there and run for two hundred and three touchdowns early oh, on. His running so style think
2: could. Yeah.
1: I think they're going to give him some some early burn.
2: He only needs two to get to a hundred.
1: I get it. I get it. He'll get. He'll get. He'll get his one hundred this game. It's the perfect time to do it on Senior Day. You know, let him get his two, then let Tate and the backups go do their thing.
0: Mm. Hey, you'll have it—the piece and drafts, though, right, Dilo? Ready to go? It's probably. Probably have it, it's probably probably should. Had it better for a week. Got <laughs> <laughs> it, it ready in my brain, Robert. Robert, could, yeah, Robert, if you're listening, highly he's, doubt it. He's not. He should be enjoying college. He's got to take this Enjoy internship college. more seriously. We're gonna have to have a it stuff Robert. <laughs> After you had him out there for damn recruiting all day, poor kid. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> for 18 hours. I'm sure he hates his life. That was absolutely
2: miserable. And then it's it just hurts like it's like getting stabbed in the heart because you know you're waiting out there for Jeremiah Smith and you're waiting out there for David Sanders. So the number one recruit in the 25 class and number one recruit in the 24 class and you watch them both just drive off. You're like, oh, <laughs> bye.
0: Yeah, and you're like looking at Robert like. Isn't this fun? Don't you want to come back and
2: Mike, Robert, For another year. Mike, Robert, today's a good lesson. You know, sometimes you just take the L. Actually, most mm-hmm. of the time you just take the L. Yeah. And that's, that's recruiting.
0: 100%. All right, let's finish off this show with some basketball updates from VZ. Like you were saying earlier, he's fully bought in after beating uh, Kennesaw State and Central Michigan. Fully bought. It's I mean, you know, Florida listen, State to the ACC tournament as being one of the top seeds, and also to March Madness deep run. Get ready. Here we go. Leonard Hamilton's Florida, back.
1: Florida State was losing these games last year, and it wasn't even particularly close to Stetson, Troy, Siena. Like they were getting beat by these teams. Kennesaw State's not a bad mid-major. I would say they lost a lot from what they were last year when they were in the NCAA tournament, won a bunch of games. they still have pieces. Simeon Cottle's a good scorer. They still had Terrell Burden, who was all-A son. They've got some good pieces. And to hold them to, what was it, 18% from three, really Florida State's three-point defense in both of these first two games has been pretty impressive. And it's easily the story of the defense for me. Last year, they were one of the worst defenses in college basketball, giving up the three, I think, at 38%. Um, Let me fact-check that real quick. 37.6% 37.6 percent will round up and the fact that they've the fact that they've been holding these teams to you know 18 percent to me pretty pretty impressive. I get it's not going to be your high-end talent you know Central Michigan's the worst team in the Mac Kennesaw State's a good team in their conference but they're not good to the in comparison to the rest of Florida State's schedule but Florida State actually looks like a competent basketball team. They're moving the basketball they're getting an assist on two-thirds. Of their field goals made, which is an incredible percentage. They're guarding the three well. They're not giving up second chance points, even though they've been giving up offensive rebounds. They've been doing a good job of limiting teams from getting those second chance points, and they're just causing havoc defensively. I think they have they forced thirty seven turnovers in two games, or thirty eight, something crazy like that. It, it's it's like Leonard Hamilton wants to play. They're playing with depth. They're playing together. It's never just one person's night. I think. Last game against Central Michigan, there were six players in double figures and no one played more than 26 minutes, I want to say. It's how Florida State wants to play. And if they keep playing this way, once Jalen Ganey's is back in the rotation in a couple weeks, this could legitimately, legitimately be a good basketball team. And we'll find that out Friday night against Florida, which should be a fun test.
2: It's been a fun start for Florida State. I mean, you're talking about a 56-point margin of victory in these first two games. And like you kind of said, Austin, I mean, these were the games that Florida state was losing and losing in frankly, embarrassing fashion a season ago. Um, I thought the game against Kennesaw state was going to be kind of a good barometer, you know, of what we were going to see from Florida state early in the season. I thought it was probably going to be pretty close, maybe a single digit outcome and one of the team's favor. So to see Florida state go out there and I mean, just run all over Kennesaw state. I mean, it was a blowout in the first half. And a lot of that game in the second half was garbage time. And, I mean, the game against Central Michigan, pretty much all of it was garbage time. Forest State is just going out there and getting after it. And I think you can see Jameer Watkins and Nickelberry really assimilating well with the team, along with, you know, obviously Darren Green Jr. coming out really hot. And I really like what I've seen so far. i like to see him get some more playing time moving forward. Taylor Ball Bowen seems Mm -hmm. like he has a ton of potential as a big man for four to six foot 10, but his ability to dribble and then just also his ability to move, he's really fluid for being that tall. Uh, top 100 recruit coming in, true freshman. He's going to be a nice piece as he continues to get into the system.
1: I, I tweeted Monday early afternoon that I'm going to be doing like my three favorite clips from the game before on the next game day. One of my favorite clips was Taylor Bowen's really his first defensive possession you know, Simeon Cottle, who's this six foot one lightning quick guard for Kennesaw state sees this six ten slender man out there and goes, Oh yeah, I'm going to take him off the dribble. I'll be fine. And bull bone completely shuts him down forces him into a tough step back and bull bone recovers and contests the shot beautifully. It was as good as you could possibly hope for, for someone of his size. And he's going to be a really, really unique piece moving forward for Leonard Hamilton. And he's, Probably only, only going to play more as we as we get into ACC play and you're playing the UNCs that have Armando Bacon and the Dukes that have Kyle Filipowski. You're going to need long rangy defenders, and that's what Bull Bowen is. I really love what Jameer Watkins has done. He didn't really score much against Kennesaw State, just two points, but he led the team in assists and rebounds that night. And then his, his stat line against Central Michigan looked like something out of a video game. 19 points, six rebounds, four steals, and he only played 18 minutes. Yeah, that's that's as efficient as you could possibly be. I, I'm loving what this team's doing defensively. They do absolutely still need to clean stuff up stuff mm. up. They're they're far from a perfect team, but they're worlds better than they were last year. They've they've got to be better defending straight line drives, they gotta be better on the defensive glass, which honestly until Jalen Gainey comes back, I don't know that's that's really gonna be fixed. And then they gotta be better about defending without fouling. They were great about it in the first half against Kennesaw State. Since then, it's been kind of tough. I want to say Kennesaw State shot 25 free throws, and then Central Michigan shot 31 or something crazy like that. That's got to be a little bit better. Some of that's officiating-wise, because the first two games they've been hosed with Jamie Lucky and Roger Ares in the first game. Then the second game, you have Teddy Valentine. The worst possible combination you could start off with to start a season for officiating. Hopefully that gets a little bit better as they move forward. It's going to be big in this Florida game who – while they've been bad shooting free throws, they've been great about actually getting to the free throw line. 30-plus free throws twice through three games, but they're only making them at about a 62% clip currently. I think if Florida State can keep them off the free throw line, keep the game moving, it only works in Florida State's favor.
2: It's going to be a huge test for FSU on the road and you know, with a team that still has a lot of new pieces that they're kind of assimilating. It's been encouraging to see what they've done against Kennesaw State and Central Michigan, but I think Florida will give us a a true true feeling of where this team's going to continue to go after this game. And, you know, it'll be nice to see if they can step up on the road in a tough environment over there.
1: It's a a real barometer game. You know, Florida hasn't been the best to start the season. You know, they they lost to Virginia here in Charlotte last week. It was – Weird game, Virginia was up double digits late in the second half and then just went completely cold offensively. Ended up going down to the wire. Florida's guard Walter Clayton Jr., who's a transfer from Iona, turned it over three times in the final minute, including twice in the last 15 seconds. I think Florida State's going to be able to take advantage of those turnovers. Florida hasn't been great defending the three. You know, I mentioned it in our production medium. Florida A&M came into their game Tuesday night, 5 of 27 from three, and they hit 5 of five of 13 from three against Florida alone. So you're going to get those open threes against Florida. As, as long as you can keep them off the free throw line and you can keep them from getting second chance points and you can keep them from getting easy baskets in transition. Cause that's really where their offense relies around. Florida just has so many new pieces that they're still trying to get figured out that it's going to look ugly for them. They have eight new players on this team. It would have been nine if someone didn't leave the team a couple weeks ago. They're still figuring a bunch of things out. Their half-court offense is really muddy, really boggled up. And arguably their best player, Zion poland has been suspended the first three games of the season. He'll be back Friday night. They're going to have to find a way to integrate him. There's a lot of moving pieces, but I'm I'm really, really looking forward to this game. I think Florida State stands a good chance, which is something I did not expect to be saying two weeks ago.
2: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Be huge if Darren Green Jr. and Watkins and Nickelberry can come out and have another good game from three. Really stretch that um Gator defense
1: I, th- I think they'll get that chance you know they, they were good with what, with what game was I watching I want to say it was the Florida Florida A&M has one good shooter and they were good about getting up in his face and not letting him shoot but it was everybody else where they were just letting them get the free looks from three you know Florida over helps a lot they think they're going to get those easy steals and they get beat back door or they'll, they'll help in the corner too fast in the post when they're one pass away, and it's just a wide-open three in the corner. They do that way more than you expect for a defense that's as good as they are. I think they were top 30 in defensive efficiency last year, and for them to be giving up these kind of looks from three is a little bit surprising. Um,
2: do, they, do they still have the tall white guy?
1: Colin Castleton? no. He's actually with the Lakers right now, I believe. But they do have two of his clones. Uh, Michael Handleton, I think is how you say it. Transfer from Marshall. Kind of in that same vein, he's just not as creative offensively, but he's a great shot blocker, great offensive rebounder, and he kind of just cleans up things on the offensive end with dunks, tip backs, that kind of stuff. But he's showing potential that he can hit the three this year. And then they have a freshman from Australia, uh, Alex Condon. Kind of that same vein, a little bit shorter. He's 6'11", compared to Handleton's 7'1". But that same kind of vein of player, block shots, rebounds, can stretch and hit the three. So They have a Castleton clone, but they're not as annoying as Castleton. Hmm. What what they do wow. have is what they do have is Riley Kugel, who was all ACC pre all SEC preseason first team. Um really was on a hot stretch to end last year, 17 points per game in the last 10 games for Florida. He's been off to a little bit of an ugly start this year. You know, Florida AM and Virginia were really physical with him, and you could tell his impact in his play. He's a very f- finesse. Lashy player. And if he's not getting those, he's taking off his rhythm quickly, but he's still very talented.
0: Looking forward to this one on Friday. Going to be watching it. So uh, Florida state facing off against the Gators on Friday evening at seven o'clock. It's going to be on ESPN as well. So make sure everyone's tuned into that, man. If Florida state gets that win, I think you might have some uh, Florida state non bandwagon fans or the bandwagon fans may, may,
2: Make a return over and start giving them some attention. It's kind Need of been, someone because like, the the Tucker Center attendance those first two games pathetic, man. It, it wasn't We're terrible look, uh, against who Kennesaw. Who wasn't
0: there? Who wasn't there?
2: <laughs> it wasn't terrible against
1: Kennesaw, but that's because the Miami game was the next day. the The Central Michigan crowd was pretty pathetic.
0: I got it figured out now. I'm like a weatherman. You can't run from me. Maybe with Dustin, we'll be there Friday. Maybe you think you'll go over there to talk on Friday? What's well, considering Brazil? the
2: games. <laughs> oh,
0: never mind never mind, never mind, never mind, never mind, never mind, never mind, never
2: mind. They don't play another home game <laughs> until the Wednesday Thursday. before the ACC Championship, and it's at like nine fifteen PM.
1: Oh uh, yeah, the game against Georgia on yeah. the 29th. Because next wow. week's the Sunshine Slam, which is a tournament in Daytona Beach, and then, and then it's the Georgia game the week after.
0: Gotcha. Well yeah, got some got some fun stuff here. We'll be watching that on Friday night as Florida State travels over to Gainesville and faces off against the Gators. But yeah, I think that's gonna wrap up this week's episode. Appreciate everybody hanging out with us this evening as we jump through quite a bit of stuff throughout this show. But as always, you can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. If you're on YouTube right now, hit that like button, hit subscribe so you get notified every time we release a new episode. We'll be here live on Saturday evening, giving a quick instant reaction to florida state's not me. hopeful win <laughs> hopeful win just me and Vizi. hopeful win on against north alabama and theo the third lion um but yeah that's gonna do it we'll see y'all on saturday evening and after that it's on to gator week man it's quick go from miami get a little break and then you're off to the gators so uh, good fun stretch of shows for us as we head into postseason play. Everybody, enjoy the rest of y'all's week. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you guys Saturday night. Peace.
1: Same color t-shirt, right. mama told me right. that the same word.